The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody! Help! Not just anybody! Help! You know I need someone! Help! Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 325 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is family caregiving for MS. Now, MS is short for multiple sclerosis. It's a nervous system disease that affects the brain and spinal cord by damaging the protective layer of nerve cells. The damage slows down or even blocks messages between the brain and the body, and that blockage slowing down creates the effects of MS. The effects of MS vary from mild to severe, and they include things like problems seeing, weaknesses of muscles, problems with coordination and balance, problems with sensations such as numbness and pins and needles, problems with thinking and memory, and loss of the ability to write, to speak, or walk. MS affects more women than men, It often starts between the ages of 20 and 40. MS has no known cause, that meaning the medical profession doesn't know really what causes it. Lots of theories, but we don't know. It has no specific test for diagnosis. There's no blood test or anything like that at this this stage. There's no cure for MS, but it does have treatments that slow its progress and control its symptoms. MS in many people is associated with flare-ups. During a flare-up, the effects of MS get noticeably worse for a while, and then there's a period of recovery where the the effects lessen, people feel better. But in some people, the periods called flare-ups are followed by a gradual worsening of the effects that seem to get worse with each flare-up. MS affects overall are challenging to the person's emotional well-being, mood and mental health. They're challenging to the person's work, relationships, sleep, diet and ability to exercise and function. And they're challenging too to the person's family caregivers. All of which is why our topic, family caregivers for MS is so important. To discuss it, our guest is Cindy Richmond. Cindy is the Senior Director of Patient and Healthcare Relations with the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America, a national non-profit and leading resource for the entire MS community. It aims to improve lives through vital services and support. 
Cindy joined the association in 2000 and serves as an advocate for patients and providers. Her focus is patient education to increase health literacy and promoting a successful partnership with the healthcare team. The important areas of her work with the association have included the impact of chronic illness and disability on the family, access to health insurance and government benefits, shared treatment decision-making to improve outcomes, and evaluating risk and benefit in an ever-changing and complex environment. So welcome to the show, Cindy. Thank you, Gordon. I'm so happy to be with you. Great. Now, first question for you, please. Please tell us more about your career and your personal experience with family caregiving. So I've been involved in social services for longer than I care to remember. I began with MSAA uh, in 2000, um, and prior to that, I worked uh, in hospice care uh, in bereavement services. And, you know, in hospice, uh, really, um, the importance of the family unit and the caregiver is essential uh, to be able to ensure that the program is, is working adequately. Um, myself, personally, um, I've raised four children, four grown children now, uh, so certainly um, I'm very in tune uh, uh, to caregiving, uh, both in my personal life and, and in my career. Now, That's a story that gives you that and gives us the sense that, if I can put it this way, you've been there and done that. You know the story from both your professional experience and your life experience. Now, I want you to tell us, Cindy, please, more about the work of the association. Um, That is the Multiple Sclerosis Association of America. Please tell us more about that, the work that it does. I'd be happy to, uh, Gordon. Um, and as you say, you know, our focus is to improve lives today. Uh, we work really uh, on a very individualized basis. You know, every patient and family is very different as to how they feel about the experience of diagnosis and adjustment to the illness. So to begin with, um, I recommend uh, that patients uh, and families uh, can call our national helpline. Uh, I should mention, though, that uh, our services are uh, primarily for the United States of America, although we have a website that is very comprehensive, uh, certainly that anyone globally uh, could participate and, and certainly use and identify uh, resources or, or guidance. Uh, but we do have a helpline where, you know, I, I would suggest that a family caregiver uh, could tell their story and identify a problem and we could help them uh, go through uh, what, what we may suggest in terms of uh, identifying resources and helping them to cope. You know, I think the first thing is to try and identify uh, the problem as you, the individual, uh, experience it so uniquely. And as I mentioned before, our website has significant information. Uh, we have uh, um, an MSI video series 
which has a variety of topics that should be able to uh, help uh, uh, caregivers. Uh, the other uh, focus um, uh, that we uh, are, are working on is our shared management or participatory medicine, uh, which allows uh, a patient to go through the process of, of decision-making in terms of what would be the right uh, treatment or approach as they work with their health care provider. Um, we also have uh, equipment distribution and, and cooling, and we have uh, an MRI um, assistance program. And another program that we have is our, our SWIM for MS, which is, is a great idea, I think, for both patients and caregivers uh, because SWIM, you know, everyone can swim. And so this is a way that people can enjoy uh, time together in the water, uh, really regardless of the restrictions that they may have uh, based on their, their diagnosis. Uh, and, and we do have uh, resources uh, that patients can identify uh, areas where they can swim wise uh, that would have aquatic therapy uh, specifically for patients with multiple sclerosis, which is so helpful for them. Right. Now, please tell us more about your work with the association. What, what Absolutely. More so do you I, want to say? I began, as I said, in, in 2000 uh, on our helpline, our 800 number, um, you know, taking calls from families and patients and, and professionals uh, all around uh, the nation, uh, and then continuing on to doing education all around uh, uh, the country with not only uh, the patients, uh, but also the providers. It's very important that uh, we try and, and get patients and providers on the same page, uh, improving health literacy, breaking down barriers, and, and deal with, with the complex issues from uh, in, in issues around, uh, you know, uh, managing your visit with your health care provider, um, certainly a caregiving uh, program, uh, you know, organizing uh, your time, uh, certainly programs that deal with uh, coping uh, and, and the like, you know, very, very important in terms of our outreach. And we do significant outreach uh, on a regular basis basis uh, through our, our regional structure. I should mention for those uh, who are residing in the United States, we, we do have a calendar of events on our website uh, where they can look for a listing of programs available all around the nation for both patients and providers. I just want to ask you a quick uh, technical question. What who, who do you mean, who are you referring to when you talk of providers? Who are they? Oh, absolutely. So I, I'm speaking of the healthcare team. Uh, typically, with the MS patient, it would be the neurologist who is the leader of the team. Uh, but certainly, it could be their nurse practitioner. Um, oftentimes, in rural areas, uh, the provider uh, could be, uh, you know, the internist or or family family physician. So anyone who is a member, really, of that healthcare team, and optimally, uh, Gordon, you know, if the patient could have the most comprehensive team possible, uh, all, all the better. So when I refer to the healthcare team, I'm, I'm speaking about the neurologist, 
the nurse practitioner, uh, the physical therapist, uh, the social worker, and then there will be others because there's such an array of symptoms associated with uh, multiple sclerosis. Uh, there may be, uh, you know, a urologist or someone who deals with continence uh, issues. Um, so quite uh, a number of, of members uh, of, of the team to really provide comprehensive care for the patient and the family. Right. Now, I, this is a leading loaded question, Cindy. Okay. Would you ever see the day coming when the, the family caregiver, perhaps um, who's had suitable training, becoming a member of the team of providers that you've just been talking about? Cindy, what do you think? Absolutely, Gordon, and, you know, you are so right. You know, going back um, to the medical model and my days at hospice, um, you know, as part of the team, the hospice team, you went from the home health aide to the family member to the physician uh, to the pharmacist, uh, and, and I think, uh, you know, in this case with MS, in, including the patient and the family as, as an equal partner uh, in the team is, is so critical. And I think we're moving to a patient-centered hierarchy uh, where the team surrounds the patient and the family, and I think very important. And, and I think, you know, we need to do a considerable teaching with the patients uh, to strengthen them to have that ability to, you know, keep their records, uh, keep track of, of all of the testing uh, that's been done in terms of their health care so that when they do uh, partake in, in a meeting with their physician, they are really an active participant and are aware of, of all of the details. And with multiple sclerosis in particular for the, the patient and the caregiver, I mean, we always tell patients, uh, you know, try and uh, go on a visit uh, to your uh, physician with a healthcare buddy, and of course, that buddy is is uh, more than likely your caregiver, so that you can all you know track the information. So much information uh, is often uh, discussed in a very shortened visit, uh, you know, based on uh, the issues of insurance reimbursement. So um, I think we we uh, we as patients and family members, caregivers, uh, need to be very well prepared. Right. Very good. Thank you very much for that. Now, um, this is the time when we have to take a short break. I often like to say this is where we have to pay our rent. So we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley and my guest is Cindy Richmond. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We will be back. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Want the inside scoop about what's going on in the social networks of art and entertainment? Tune in to Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com. We'll talk to the top professionals in the entertainment industry and find out what they're working on and what's next. Your host is James Barber, who has his finger on the pulse of the arts and entertainment world. Star Power Hour, brought to you by 4talent.com, live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in every week for the Wellness Lounge, a step further, with host Desiree Watson. 
Our program empowers you to incorporate a wellness lifestyle into your life, supported by a diverse selection of guests, including physicians, athletes, and education and government professionals, while helping you realize the connection between mind, body, and spirit, you'll achieve a personal edge in injury avoidance, stress management, and personal development. The Wellness Lounge, a step further, airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Cindy Richmond. Our topic is family caregiving for MS. Now, Cindy, let's talk about the challenges experienced by individuals living with MS and experienced by their family caregivers. So, Cindy, what are the most challenging of the challenges experienced by the individuals, by the persons living with MS? Cindy? I, you know, I, I think the unpredictability, Gordon, is really the, the number one issue. Um, you know, at diagnosis, certainly, um, you are really unsure from one day to the next for both the patient and the caregiver uh, what, what may happen. And then, of course, you know, moving into the family roles and, and what changes um, take place uh, based on the diagnosis. If, if you have uh, uh, the patient who is um, the, uh, the wage earner uh, for the family and, and what, what that means then if, um, if that uh, income uh, starts to deplete uh, because of, of the unpredictability uh, of the disease. So I, I think, you know, the whole family structure uh, is really thrown out of whack um, in terms of the ability to, to adjust to, um, to this diagnosis. And, and I think, you know, as the patient goes through the process, you know, they don't even recognize themselves at that point, and they're really just grasping to take back the control. And, and certainly the caregiver is going on a parallel track. Um, you know, what does that mean for our family? Um, you know, the five-year plan that, that maybe we thought of uh, before, diagnosis, before diagnosis, you know, uh, certainly doesn't exist any longer. That's very clear, and that's a major challenge, living with something that's unpredictable, that you don't know where it's going to go. Um, that's profoundly important as a challenge. Now, Cindy, MS may develop in women in the age range 20 to 40. So what are the most challenging of the challenges during pregnancy for women living with MS? Cindy? 
Uh, you know, I think the challenge is that, you know, interestingly enough, Gordon, uh, during pregnancy, uh, the disease seems to calm down. In fact, uh, many neurologists say if they could only keep their uh, patients <laughs> pregnant all the time, it would be very helpful. But what can often happen to patients in the last trimester or uh, immediately in the, the, the several months after birth, uh, they, they certainly can have an exacerbation at that time, a flare, or if you were, or uh, a resurgence of symptoms uh, for those uh, who are, are not clear. So I think um, what we advise our, our patients and families to do is have those conversations beforehand, uh, figure out what, what the family will then do if the unexpected does occur. For example, uh, you know, if the mom is with the newborn baby and certainly uh, there's a flare, you know, who might she call? What would be the plan? Would they have to hire somebody? Do they have the resources uh, to do that? Or would there be family members or other friends? who could step in. So I think, you know, having, you know, a family meeting, having a plan, um, you know, asking for help is, is so vital. Um, but, you know, that uh, certainly that exacerbation, that, that flare, that attack uh, could come on at any point. Does that mean that there's a kind of planning that's going to be required that also copes with a certain uncertainty, given, however, that what you've been saying says that perhaps apart from a flare-up, pregnancy goes okay for women living with MS. Yes, oftentimes, oftentimes it does, um, you know, and uh, it seems, uh, you know, there's, being, there's some research being done uh, in this area to figure out, you know, why, why that may be and if there's uh, certainly implications uh, for a treatment protocol uh, from, from that uh, experience of pregnancy in women. Right. Now, my next question for you is still asking you about the most challenging of the challenges, but this time I'm wanting to, you to talk about the challenges that affect the quality of life of persons living with MS and the quality of life of their families and their family caregivers. Cindy? Yes, you know, I think it's a tremendous burden, Gordon, because I think, you know, the first thing is really, you know, families just want to be like other families. They just want to be, quote, unquote, normal. They want to be like their peer group. And so the challenges of, you know, employment, you know, um, am I going to be able to work long enough to, you know, pay my children's uh, tuition? Um, if I disclose that I have uh, multiple sclerosis to my employer, will that have some impact on my ability to keep my, my position? Um, and then I think, um, again, going back always to the unpredictable, unpredictability is, you know, families go on vacation and everybody has, you know, high hopes. So we, we always tell, you know, patients and families, uh, you know, going away, for example, Disney World. Disney World, uh, you know, in Orlando is, is such a challenging uh, uh, trip. So, and our patients often have issues with uh, fatigue. So 
they may not be able to stay out there uh, in the sun and, and, and do what is expected. Or they may get up one morning and, um, you know, have all of these plans. And based on their fatigue issue, which is such a, a factor in multiple sclerosis, they, they may not be able to participate in what's going on with the family that day. And, and some of these issues are, are heartbreaking. You know, the, the dad who, who just wants to be able to coach his kids a softball game, um, and he's unable to do that because of the way he may be feeling with the unpredictability of the symptoms. So I think it's important for families to have these conversations so that uh, disappointments uh, uh, can be minimized and, and expectations can be, uh, you know, set uh, in, in terms of, you know, the variability. Let me just follow up with you about the question of the family member, husband or wife with MS, who has to be a breadwinner, has to earn some income for the family. And yet there's the uncertainty and there are the physical and mental challenges brought by MS. Um, please can you say more specifically the kind of tell us more specifically the kind of advice you give to uh, wage earners salary earners who are in the ms situation cindy yeah, I, I mean, I, I think, you know, they, they need to certainly um, seek support um, and, and certainly accept, you know, offers of help. I, you know, I think um, counseling is a very good uh, strategy um, to, uh, you know, work this out. Certainly there's, um, you know, vocational rehab specialists who can also help uh, negotiate uh, issues uh, for the patient with the employer. Uh, so I, I think there there are a lot of resources out there uh, that certainly can um, advise, and then uh, you know certainly for the caregiver as well. Um, you know, oftentimes when uh, people are, you know, a, a patient is at home and having a flare, having an attack, and then the, the caregiver is at work, uh, you know, there are so many issues. What, you know, what should I do? I'm trying to get home. My train is delayed. Uh, you know, the patient may be uh, in a room where they don't have access. Uh, you know, the, the kitchen may be on a, another level than where the patient is and, uh, you know, an attack uh, um, may occur. So I think, again, Gordon, it's very important to seek help, seek counseling, identify the resources. They're, they're certainly out there uh, to help patients and families uh, plan ahead, uh, whether it be caring for the person when they're in an active attack or um, dealing with an employer uh, with the issues surrounding, um, you know, the unpredictability of, of an attack. Right. Let me just ask you about the employer. Um, loaded question, first of all. Do you think employers are becoming more and better informed about the kind of challenges that families go through uh, when a, a wage-earning member uh, has MS? Do you think attitudes are improving? Are we getting better? What do you think? You know, I don't think we're, we're getting better fast enough. Um, you know, I think um, it's a very difficult uh, situation, and we counsel families all the time on whether to d disclose or, or not. So the issue, if you do disclose, 
um, you know, then you're able to get accommodation, and there are certain, you know, larger companies who there are specific rules if there are, you know, uh, uh, more than 50 employees or a larger firm, uh, you know, certainly they have to abide by some of the, uh, the rules of the, uh, Amer- in particular in the United States where we are, are working, the Americans with Disabilities uh, Act. But, Gordon, I have to tell you, I've, I've seen so many variations. So what we uh, advise uh, our people is that they look at their contract uh, very carefully and they consult with uh, an attorney, they consult with patient advocates, uh, and, and really um, making sure uh, that they, they're very careful in terms of understanding what their, their rights are. Now, having said that, uh, you know, vocational rehab specialists can come in to the employment situation and they can uh, go over with the employer uh, ways that the, the individual with MS will be able to accomplish those tasks. And, and that can be done, you know, very, very successfully, but they, they certainly uh, have to be open uh, to that. And, and not everyone one is. And, it, and, of course, you have to consider what type of job, um, you know, the, the individual may have. You know, is there an ability to uh, work uh, remotely? Uh, you know, what kind of a position uh, are they involved in? So, um, but I think um, it, it's something that you have to be very careful uh, before you act or speak uh, to make sure you understand clearly what, what your rights uh, are because certainly you could jeopardize uh, your position uh, unknowingly or unnecessarily. Thank you very much for that clear point and advice, Cindy. Now, it is time for us to take the break again, so we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Cindy Richmond. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Master your reality and manifest your desires effortlessly. Listen to The Trivedi Effect to find out how raising your level of consciousness can totally transform every aspect of your life. Hosted by Mahendra Kumar Trivedi with Trivedi Master Alice Branton. Our program will spotlight the nearly 4,000 documented scientific studies that have proven the transformational impact of this energy extends beyond humans to all living and even non-living matter. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. There are 13 unbreakable habits of truly enlightened people. These life-changing habits are discussed on Dream the Life, Live the Dream with Dr. Yomi Garnett. We'll offer an excursion in self-discovery along with wisdom that will allow you to stay on the correct path toward your destiny. You can find excellence in your life. Tune in every Thursday at 7 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time. That's 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for this exciting transformational journey. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You 
are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at familycaregiversunite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Cindy Richmond. Our topic is Family Caregiving for MS. Cindy, now let's talk about the ways in which family caregivers respond to the challenges created by MS for their family members and for themselves. Cindy, first question to you then is, please describe the ways in which family caregivers respond to the most challenging of the challenges that are experienced by their family members. And you've already mentioned this by identifying uncertainty as one, if not the greatest challenge. So how do family caregivers respond to that? Cindy? You know, I, I think, you know, the, the most important thing and, and you know, the, the multitude of, of challenges is to first, you know, um, they have to not beat themselves up, Gordon, and uh, they have to not feel guilty. Um, you know, this isn't something, this is something that happens uh, to families very suddenly, oftentimes, uh, a diagnosis. And so, you know, you, you don't have your Ph.D. or, or your M.D. Uh, in, in caregiving. This is something that happens to you uh, very, very quickly. So we find that sometimes uh, people feel that they're not a good enough uh, caregiver, uh, you know, and, and they don't take proper care of themselves. So we, we want to really encourage people to, as, as they are so fond of saying, put the oxygen mask on yourself first as you would on an airplane. Uh, you need to be able to breathe before you can help anyone else to breathe. Now, I just want to continue with uh, the oxygen mask um, metaphor because it's a very powerful one. Um, That is to say, um, you are going to be able to be the best family caregiver that you can be if you're fit and well and if you have the strength um, to carry on. But so often, Cindy, family caregiving leads to burnout. It leads to psychological problems, and it leads to other challenges. So please say more about how family caregivers look after themselves when they're immersed in these kinds of challenges. Cindy? Absolutely. And I think, you know, asking for help, which is, you know, it seems so trite to say ask for help. It's it's very hard, uh, I think, for many to ask for help. Um, But people are often very surprised at the response that they get. They get. Um, and then, you know, too, you can um, seek respite. You know, uh, oftentimes if, if somebody is uh, very disabled and they're living in the home and, and you know, maybe you want to attend a, a family wedding several states away, you can arrange for respite care uh, for, for the patient. Um, and, and those are available at assisted living centers and, and nursing homes uh, around, the, around the country. 
And then, you know, I think we always, um, as you mentioned before, uh, Gordon, or alluded to, the symptoms of depression. We have to watch out if people are starting to feel helpless and uh, irritable and, and really uh, angry, and, and maybe there's some sleep issues or loss of appetite, um, because, again, you know, something like depression is, is very easily uh, uh, treated. And then, uh, you know, there's technology, too. There, there's a lot of assistive technology that, that can support the caregiver. Um, even, for example, MSAA has a, a mobile phone app uh, that can help uh, patients keep, uh, or caregivers and patients, keep track of the medications uh, that they're taking, which, you know, with an MS patient, uh, in addition to the treatment protocol, uh, there can be several symptom management uh, medications that they're taking um, at the same time. And then I would say, you know, um, you know, seek seek counseling. Um, and, you know, go to educational events. Uh, uh, speak to uh, advocacy groups like MSAA, and uh, you know, take um, you know, there's coping programs. In fact, MSAA is in the process of developing what we call a psychoeducation uh, uh, coping uh, program that would be a six-week uh, online uh, course. So it's very important to keep the dialogue going, uh, keep the conversation going, um, and, and and know that each family is very unique. So I think um, in our experience, you know, reaching out to the individual family uh, to see what the rules are in that family and how things are done and how uh, you can set up a, a family plan that would work well for, for that family. But it's very hard, and it's, it's, it's ongoing. Um, this is something that you're going to have to continuously uh, work at. There's a um, question then about the role of the broader community. Uh, I'm not talking here about government. I'm talking about neighbors, people that live near you, the people you meet when you go to do the shopping or the people that you, you meet at social gatherings. Um, what about the community and MS? Be any comments to make about the way in which family caregivers can interact with the with the community in which they live, Cindy? Yeah, yes, I, I think you know the MS community as a whole uh, really is very outspoken. Uh, they're very interactive. Uh, they certainly have uh, support groups uh, for uh, uh, not only the patient uh, but the caregiver. Uh, you know, they they do a lot of uh, chatting online. Of course, you know you have to be careful of you know engaging in those uh, types of conversations. Uh, MSAA ourselves, uh, we have a blog that I think is, um, you know, uh, gives tips and, and supportive uh, advice as well uh, from both our trained uh, social workers as well as, as patients and, and professionals. So I, I think um, it, it's important to be interactive in the community, um, you know, reach out to your uh, medical provider, uh, your, your advocacy groups, uh, and, and your, your counselors. But again, you know, you, you have to always be very careful that that's the right resource for you. You know, when, whenever we uh, recommend uh, someone uh, to, to seek counseling or, or to participate in a, a support group, we always suggest that they vet that individual or that group first because it's not always the correct uh, 
uh, um, advice for everyone, and, or it may be that it's not the right time as you're going through the process of adjustment uh, to being a caregiver or being a patient. Um, you know, you may have to take some time before you might be able to uh, uh, get involved in a support group. Right. Now, in the last um, segment, we talked about pregnancy of, of women with MS. Please describe the ways in which family caregivers respond to the most challenging of the challenges during pregnancy of their family members. And, you know, and depending on the type of family, we're talking about husband, we're talking about partner, we're talking about mother. Uh, we may even be talking about children um, that are going to be helpful. In what ways do family caregivers respond and what are the pieces of advice that you offer them? Cindy? Absolutely. I think, you know, when the pregnancy is involved, um, you know, the unpredictable, as I stated, could happen um, in the last trimester or after delivery. So I think, you know, you really want to have a conversation uh, with family members, uh, with your spouse, and then if there are other children in the home and if it's age appropriate uh, uh, for them. Um, we just want to be careful, too, with the safety issues around uh, engaging young younger children, you know, because uh, certainly caregiving is, is uh, judgment is, is a factor. Um, so we don't want to, uh, um, you know, push a child who is not ready uh, to be in a role, uh, you know, sooner than they should be. But at the same time, it, it's, it's great for, uh, you know, if, if the patients and families do have other children in the home, they see how the family gets together, they make, up, make a plan, uh, they reach out to grandma or uh, auntie or the, the neighbor, um, and then, you know, if, if they're fortunate enough to uh, afford to be able to pay uh, for someone to come and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, help out in the house. But also, you know, there's faith-based groups uh, that can help. There's, uh, you know, there's after-school programs uh, for children and other activities. So if you have, uh, you know, say a seven-year-old uh, in the house and uh, if you have a little boy, like I had a little boy who was very energetic, uh, who comes home from school with lots of energy, maybe, you know, that child can, can do some recreational activities so it's not uh, too taxing on, on mom and baby baby uh, until dad comes home. So I think you really have to talk about what's right for your um, your individual family member and really make a plan. And, and don't be afraid to, to ask uh, family members uh, um, for help. Let me just take it a step, step further. In a way, it's important, and I'm sure I'm not saying anything that anybody disagrees with, that the family as a whole have a sense of that there's pregnancy, that there's MS, and that things are unpredictable. But at the same time, to have confidence that things are going to go okay, but also a confidence based on some of us have some sense of what to do if things seem to be going astray, awry, or going wrong in any particular way. Do you agree with what I've just said, Cindy? Absolutely, I, I think um, I think that's critical, and, and just knowing that every family is unique and, and special, and 
um, you know, being able to come from a place of love and concern and, and just be open about what could happen and uh, what the needs um, that you can identify are, and, and that will be, you know, a benefit for the entire family. And then, it, as I said, if there are, are there are children already in the house, you know, that is such a good um, modeling uh, of role modeling um, for kids to be able to see, yeah, mom and dad uh, really had some challenges, but, but look, they, they overcame those challenges. So I think that's so important. Is it going too far of me to say that this kind of experience can, in fact, strengthen a family and bring satisfaction and even joy to a family when they are coping with something that they will not have had much or any experience of in the past? Um, is that right to say that there's a positive side to all of this as well, Cindy? You know, I, I've been dealing with them as patients, Gordon, now for 14 years, and, and it's just amazing the strength that comes that I, I see uh, from patients and families. Uh, you know, MSAA will do uh, so many different educational events, and I'll see uh, an older couple, you know, uh, maybe, you know, in, in their 50s, or, and the, the, um, the patient is there at the event, and there's the caregiver, you know, just so devoted. And, and you could see the communication between them, you know, that they shared a lifetime of challenges and came through the other side. And um, the communication level is just so rich uh, uh, between them. And, and I think, you know, really, it, it's very interesting because, you know, in our lives today, we're all so busy hurrying to do whatever we're, we're doing. And, you know, everybody has a million jobs and, and other activities. And sometimes because of that, they don't take that that few minutes to really engage, um, you know, with right. their significant other. And I think, um, you know, based on on you know uh, really being involved in so many challenges, you know, it, it pushes families to really communicate um, and express their love for one another. And and I think it's it's. Um, it's so it's so deep, um, you know, Obviously. what I have observed uh, in terms of watching these journeys and these families move forward so successfully despite um, so many challenges. And, and you know, most of us, uh, unfortunately, uh, take that for granted, and, and really they, they go we much do. deeper, and, and it's, it's great to be able to, to see that. Thank you for that. Now, we're going to have to take the break now, so we'll do that. This is Dr. Gordon Anthony, and my guest is Cindy Richmond. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Like so many others, do you put on a game face to the world? The stress of home life, work life, and personal life converge on us on practically a daily basis. Yet, so rarely do we let others see our real selves. And we carry on like we don't have a single problem. We need to connect and to find out we're not alone. Tune into Stories from the Heart of Leadership with host Shamin Sadek to find out not only what's been created, but the story behind it. Listen live every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific 
on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. That's D-O-C, the letter G, at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Don't forget, you can catch new episodes of our program twice every week, Mondays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Cindy Richmond. Our topic is family caregiving for MS. Now, Cindy, let's talk about more things you would like to do and see done to help family caregivers caring for family members living with MS. Cindy, first off, what more would you like to do? Cindy? You know, I I think, Gordon, uh, we need to do uh, some more studies um, to see um, what methodologies uh, we can use to really improve outcomes. You know, I think we need to reach out to our our minority groups and uh, families who may be more economically challenged, and then they have a diagnosis uh, on top of this. Um, And I think, um, you know, we need to uh, look at, you know, the comprehensive care approach in terms of this disease and and managing, you know, the family. So, um, you know, there isn't a lot of work that's been done in terms of um, caregiving uh, across, uh, you know, the board in in MS. So I I think we need to uh, do a much better job. And, uh, and of course, you know, for us and other advocacy groups, uh, the funding to do that is is always a great uh, challenge. But I'd like to see us have, um, you know, weekends uh, for family members where we have, um, you know, the, the care team there with psychologists and physicians and social workers um, to help people really develop a strategy. And I'm really a firm believer a lot of the work that MSA does is, is to really provide education early on. So we feel that, you know, if we can come in to a family at the right time as they're beginning to adjust uh, to the illness and uh, learn uh, certainly a good deal of information, which is tremendous, about, you know, their, their disease itself, which I think many families feel, oh, my God, you know, we, we have to get our Ph.D. in this, you know, from day one. Yes. There's so many choices, so much information. But I, I really do believe if we can uh, get with the families, you know, early on as they're going through some of these challenges and they're successful, then they're going to believe that the next time, you know, they meet another crisis or challenge, their expectation will be that they'll be successful again. So I think, you know, there's a lot great. of teaching to be done, very individualized. Great, great. 
What more would you like to see done, Cindy, by healthcare and social systems? You know, I, I you know, I'm, I'm very concerned about that. MSAA uh, overall is very concerned about the healthcare system uh, in our country. Uh, that's what we're we're focused on right now. And um, you know, Gordon, our problem is is that uh, this this time in the clinic with the uh, uh, the physician is not really reimbursed. And so, um, you know, in terms of MS, we need, you know, comprehensive care. We need more people in the clinic to help uh, support the work of the physician. Um, You know, oftentimes they do a tremendous job selecting the treatment, but then from there, uh, there's so many issues. So we really need to uh, change uh, our healthcare system so that it really deals with the whole patient. Uh, We need to approach the patient, you know, comprehensively. And we we really have a a shell of of that now. And uh, care is very fragmented and it's very difficult for patients to understand really what they need, patients and caregivers, and then how to, you know, receive uh, access to to that type of, that level of care. Now, last question but maybe with a supplement. Cindy, what's your message for family caregivers with family members living with MS? What have you got to say to them? Cindy? You know, I I, I just want to say that, um, you know, I I applaud uh, what they do. I I know it is so hard for them uh, every single day. And I just want them to know that there are uh, advocacy groups like MSAA. Uh, There's wonderful conscientious physicians and social workers and nurses around the world uh, that could support them, as well as, you know, the neighbor next door or the mother or the sister or the sister-in-law. I want them to reach out to for help. I want them to, to extend their hand and um, hang in there and, and know that um, it, it will eventually, they'll eventually uh, connect uh, because I think there's so much that can be done. And really, you know, to focus on their relationship. Remember that that, that husband or that mother or that, that wife um, is not the person just with multiple sclerosis, there's still that person uh, that you you fell in love with or began a relationship with. So try to certainly focus on on the core uh, of who that person is and then, you know, work with support, supportive organizations like MSAA uh, to figure out a plan for success. But you can do it. Right. Cindy, just the very last question. Um, is there a role for spirituality um, in supporting family caregivers with family members living with MS? What do you think? You know, Gordon, I think that's so important in, in many people's lives, uh, whatever spirituality means to them. I think a lot of people uh, find solace in, in um, seeking support from their priest or minister or rabbi, and I, I think that's wonderful. I think no one should question that. Uh, whatever uh, does it for you and your family member, and um, you can certainly um, seek support of, of a, a faith-based community. I think that that's that's wonderful. Or things, you know, certainly like uh, mindfulness uh, too is 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 wonderful, where people can uh, learn um, uh, techniques for relaxation. 
Uh, I think all of those kinds of things. I think you need to try different things, you know, as as family members and, and as patients, and uh, see what what works for you. It's it's not a one size uh, fits all, but you should never let anyone criticize uh, your choice. Uh, you know, as long as it's a safe choice, um, and and you you know uh, take uh, a solace uh, from from uh, getting support from uh, a religious religious based. Uh, group. I think that's great. Cindy, thank you for that. And thank you for everything that you've said, um, explained, and urged during this episode. Um, This is a serious, serious challenge to the person with MS, to the family, um, to the community around the family, and to the nation as a whole. Because so far, as I said before, there isn't a cure, it can be helped, there is treatment, but the re- condition remains, and therefore the need for care remains, and therefore all the things that you do, Cindy, that you've talked about, and that you value, um, will go on being important for as far ahead as we can possibly see. So, if I could just make a comment to you, um, And it's this. Cindy, please keep up the good work because it's important to the society we live in. It's important to the people um, you are caring for and caring about. But it's also a model for other areas of disability and help for family caregivers um, so that they too can draw inspiration from the kind of things you're doing. And this is, if I can make a little bit of a plug for Family Caregivers Unite. If there's ever an opportunity that you, the association, think would be useful, I'd be very happy to discuss with you again the way in which we move these things forward because they're important. Now, I want to say thank you to our listeners. We'd like to hear your comments on this episode. And from our listeners, I'd like to hear about ideas for topics or if you're interested in being a guest on the show. Our next episode will be Dancing on Disabilities. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again twice every week, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until the next show, we hope our programs help make the coming week easier and more hopeful.